Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you came tonight. I really am. I'm really thankful. You can be seated. I'm really thankful that you're here. This thing is just too little. I'm going to have to come down here. I'm kind of tall. You all see me anyway, right? That's not a problem. Hey, don't forget, um, we're going to be say, uh, raising some money for Uganda coming up uh, in the summer. And a lot of people have been talking about, you know, my hair getting a little longer. I'm keep on growing it, so we're going to have a campaign. Those that want to see it shaved off, you give to that. Those that want to see me save it, you give to that. Now, I'm hoping to raise at least $5,000. Now, if I don't raise $5,000, I'm not cutting it. Okay, so like $2.50 won't be enough. But that's, that's the motive, and it looks like we got the dates, and we've got some great ministry that's going to happen, and a God connection in Kampala, which is the, the uh, capital city. And uh, there's a great church there, like 20,000 people. I had dinner with the pastor not long ago, just a couple of weeks ago. It was a supernatural connection. So he said, when you come to Kampala, you must come to our church. And I said, amen, I'd love to come. I want to see what God is doing there in the great city of Kampala. Then we'll be going up north into Gulu, and uh, that's the northern parts, reaching out in the IDP camps, which are the interior displaced persons. Those are the ones that have been taken in the war and now have no place to live. And so the government has built these little mud huts, literally, and they're living there, and we're going to be reaching out with the Favor of God Ministries. My good friend Carol Vesey, who is a daughter, well, actually is a granddaughter of a missionary, who's a daughter of a missionary, whose both parents were martyred for their faith on the foreign soil. She now is a missionary in northern Uganda and was there during those seasons of the war and never left. She stayed put, and God saved them. They didn't know whether or not they would live the next day or not when they went out in the morning to go into the Sudan and other parts to preach the gospel. They said goodbye to their family and their friends because they didn't know if they'd return. But this is the kind of faith that these people have. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful honor and privilege and joy to go there and to be ministering with them. So that'll be coming up in the fall. So that's just once again reiteration of why the hair. Okay. Also, we want to tell you a little bit quickly about the two buildings that uh, we found in Beechwood. And these two buildings, uh, we put in a proposal, a letter of intent, and uh, they are in the hands of the owners And we will see what the responses are. Okay, we'll keep you posted. I try to do my best to let everybody know what's happening all the time. And we're excited about it. The only little hitch in this thing is it's going to be a little more expensive to build it out in these buildings than it would have been in the building at City View. But, you know, God is good and he'll meet all of the need. Amen? Amen. All right. Oh, I got to tell you a couple other things. Guys... Don't forget the father-son-slash-daughter breakfast we're going to have. Now, we hired a bus to bring all of you over to Lorraine, and we are having a bash that day. Now, here's what we're doing. All of your daughters, when you bring them, are going to be able to go to a certain station we're going to have set up in the sanctuary to paint Dad's fingernails. Huh? Does that sound like fun? And then Dad will paint the daughter's fingernails. Okay? Sounds good, huh? Then, for every boy that thinks he can whip his dad, we've got the big inflatable with the big boxing gloves, and we're going to let them go in there and get it on. And then, for every older son or daughter who thinks they can throw a ball pretty good, we're going to put dad in a dunking booth and let them have three shots at taking dad down. So if you guys want to participate, you have to bring swim trunks and all of that. Then we're also going to have a little breakfast. We're going to have a little teaching. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a fun, fun morning, and we hope that you'll be a part of it. Does that sound like fun? How many single moms do we have here tonight? Any single moms at all? Okay, here's another good news. The ministry is putting together a free oil change and check safety check on your automobiles coming up. And I forget the date, but I think it might be in the foyer for sign-up. And we'll pay for the oil, we'll pay for the labor, we'll pay for all of that. And as a matter of fact, um, windshield wiper blades, things like that, we'll just do whatever we can. We're going to try and do that twice a year. So that ministry is rolling. And I'm not sure where the sign-up sheet is, but they told me they brought it. Did they bring it? You guys know? Nobody knows? Jordan, did they bring it? Well, if they don't have it tonight, they'll have it Sunday so you can sign up so we know how many cars we have to do, okay? So that's going to be exciting. All right, enough of that. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Praise God. We started last week, and I'm so excited about this little series. I kind of fell into this. I really wasn't going to deal with a series, but 
I just fell into it out of Revelation chapter uh, 4 and verse 5 and 6. And from the throne proceeding, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne. And around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. And last week we dealt with the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. But tonight we want to talk about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. And by the way, before we get into it, i got to tell you, last Sunday we pre- preached a message, why should I read the Bible? This Sunday is going to be, why should I even pray? Oh, I can't really wait to preach that one. Hallelujah. But tonight we'll stick with spirit of wisdom. Look at Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. You know, I get, I get high on the word. You all get high on the word? You, you start talking about God and his goodness, and it's like you get goofy. I get, I get like goofy, funny, goofy, like it used to be when I would, you know, drink and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I just get funny. I get happy. I mean, it, it, God will just turn you around. His, he'll just energize you. And I pray you be energized tonight by the word of God. But look at Isaiah chapter 11. And verses 1 to 3, verses 1 to 3, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and the understanding and the spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. You know, tonight we talked... Last week we talked about the Spirit of the Lord. But Ephesians 4 and verse 13 tells us that we, until we all come into the fullness of the stature of Christ and the maturity of Christ. You see, that's what the pastoral gift was given for. The apostolic gift, the prophetic gift. It was to bring the people of God into full stature of the measure of Christ. And if Christ operated in the seven spirits of God, See, so how can we as his people operate in anything less? You and I ought to be operating in it as well. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And he has empowered you. And he's empowered me. But also tonight, we know that every force of power that's in Christ is available for you and me. And I like Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. It says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Can I just say this over you tonight? You're going to do great exploits in God. Great exploits. Don't limit it to just church stuff. Great exploits in business. Great exploits in entrepreneurship. Great exploits in raising children. Great exploits in your life, period. Every aspect of your life. And those who know their God shall do great exploits. I believe all the exploits of the Father are connected to the spirit of wisdom that is an operation in his life, in him. And it's operational in our lives. The spirit of wisdom connects us to great exploits. And you and I need the spirit of wisdom so that we can operate in these great exploits. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 19. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. So we see right away that wisdom founds things. It establishes things. You know what that tells me right away? That the spirit of wisdom has an apostolic slant to it. Hmm? Apostolic. Because apostolic is that which is establishing and which is Founding ministry. Apostolic is that which sets in order and creates and builds up. And so immediately we begin to see in Proverbs chapter 3 and 19 that the Lord had to use the spirit of wisdom to found the earth and also to establish the heavens. It means this, to lay the basis for it, to set or to place it. The spirit of wisdom is what lays the foundation or the basis for things and to bring about or to generate. It's to generate it. So when the spirit of wisdom comes on you, it's to generate things. It's to create foundational things in your life. It's for you and me to lay the basis for or that something else can be built upon it. That's so apostolic. 
Because the apostles and the prophets, it's what the ministry is built upon. It's the foundation. But the spirit of wisdom is what brings this foundation. Ooh, church. Can you see where we are in this hour that we can operate in the spirit of wisdom, meaning we can establish stuff that's not been yet established. So when we come into a region, we come into a city, we come into a community, and there's no witness for Christ, there's no powerful ministry, there's no outreach, there's no healing, there's no deliverance. Watch out, spirit of wisdom get on you. All of a sudden, when the spirit of wisdom gets on you, you're establishing deliverance, you're establishing a healing, you're establishing an outreach. It is apostolic in its nature. Hallelujah. And I just pray, God, pour out your spirit of wisdom upon this church, God. Pour it out upon us, God, as people that we would establish your kingdom here on earth. Wow. So to be a candidate for this God kind of exploits, you and I have got to be connected to the God kind of wisdom. It's just that simple. So I need to know, how do I get connected to this kind of wisdom? Because the spirit of wisdom is so apostolic in nature, it is the mark of the last day's church. It's the mark of the last day's church. I believe every church, every born-again, spirit-filled Christian ought to be operating under the spirit of wisdom, establishing and founding things. We're not building on what was. We're not trying to, we're not trying to make something work that wasn't working in the first place. You know, sometimes you've got to be like get a little giddy and go in the backyard of your daddy's house and tear it down until you can get back down to the base foundation of what was. God's going to tear some stuff down. But he's using his church tonight to build a foundation upon which cannot be destroyed. Now look at this. This is, this is really good in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 to 19. That's why Paul prayed this. Paul was an apostle. You know that, right? Paul was an apostle. He was a founder of the church. He was a founder of ministry. You know, it's amazing when you think of him. If you think of Paul, you think of somebody that was a missionary, man. He went out to the regions and established the gospel and established the church. But he was operating in signs and wonders. He was operating in miracles and healings and all kinds of supernatural things. But that's not the predominant feature of the writings of his books. Those things are just kind of like side issues. They're just mentioned, you know, whether it's his handkerchief or whether it's some other escape that he got, that God used to get him out of a city and preserve his life. I mean, those are just kind of sidebar issues. But the main issues are that he goes into regions that had no established gospel, walked in there and created change. And this is the kind of man that prayed this prayer for you and me. Are you ready to receive this prayer? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I mean, just get this in your mind tonight, if I may, sir, that Jesus, I mean, Paul is coming up here and he's laying hands on you and he's praying this prayer. Because that's exactly what he's trying to do in the book of Ephesians. He's not just quoting something that we can use theologically. He's not just writing something that is powerful and is truthful. He is making this an intercessory prayer for your life and my life in this generation. If he was here tonight, he'd call every one of us up on the prayer line, lay hands on us and say that the Lord God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Paul said, that's what I want for you. I want you to operate in this. I want you to get this spirit of wisdom. I want you to understand, get in this understanding. I want you to, to know this power because you've got to be released in your generation to establish the kingdom. Wow. Wow. You see, the spirit of wisdom enlightens our understanding, causing us to become aware of God's plan. That's all it is, really. It's just being aware of God's plan. Wow, I think God, I think God wants a feeding ministry in this city. Bingo!
lingo. Where'd you come up with that? Understanding. How'd you get it? From a spirit of wisdom that came on you. You began to operate on it. Suddenly you're aware now of God's plan. Whether that's running for judge. Boom. Bingo. Oh, I'm aware now. This is God's plan. Where'd you get that? Understanding that came out of a spirit of wisdom that's upon you. Because he wants to establish and found something. I'm telling you, church. We are in a time zone of the kingdom of God that is so exciting. I mean, curtains are being pulled back. What wasn't today will be tomorrow. What, what didn't happen last night will greet you in the morning. You, you can never say it's over. I mean, that's illustrated with these silly buildings that we're looking for. The man said, I don't want no church in my building. 21 buildings earlier didn't want a church in our building. And now all of a sudden I get a call on Thursday, look at them at Friday, tell you on Sunday. And today as we sit here on Wednesday, the letters of intent are already in their hands. You and I can never settle for no. You and I can never settle for defeat because we're never going to be defeated. We don't know defeat. Well, we know is victory. All we know is resurrection. He said, oh, come on, preacher. You know I've got trouble. I've got problems. Honey, hold on long enough. Because a spirit of wisdom will come upon you and upon me. Give us understanding and make us aware of God's plan. Right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. God, I don't know what I'm doing in here. Father, I don't have any understanding about why I'm in this mess. But I know one thing. You're about to make me aware of your plan. And when I'm aware of it, I'm going to operate it. And I'm about to establish something in here. Whether it's in a prison. Whether it's in a hospital. Whether it's in some trouble. Whether it's in some court uh, hearing. It doesn't matter where it is. Wherever I find myself, I know that I can become aware of God's plan in that place. I'm like a, I'm like a secret agent. I'm like a plant. I'm like a plant. I get planted. I find up myself in place and, God, what am I doing in here? Oh God. He said, you're a plant. You don't even know you are. I'm about to reveal something to you. If you'll seek my wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, and when it comes on, you'll get understanding and you'll become aware of my plan for you. What did Jeremiah 29, 11 say? You all can quote it. Come on. I know the thoughts. Come on, quote it with me. I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God said, I got a plan for you. I know what the plans are. I'm just trying to get it into you. I'm just trying to get you, make you aware of it. The spirit of wisdom that comes on us will cause us to know. See, God's wisdom is the ability to form and to reform. To create and to recreate. Now, don't get nervous with that. Because everything in this room had to be created whether it's sound systems, electronic keyboards, chairs that are designed to hold you up from getting on the floor, whatever it might be, light systems, sound systems, it all had to be created. And when it's destroyed, it can be recreated. We form things and we also reform things. The spirit of wisdom excels in creation and formation. That's why we should never be discouraged when we don't have enough money, don't have enough people, don't have enough opportunities, don't have enough windows, don't, whatever it might be. Don't, don't have enough avenues. It does not matter. Those things are irrelevant because as long as I've got the spirit of wisdom and understanding, I've got the ability to know God's plan. And when I get a hold of God's plan, it now becomes his responsibility to provide for his plan. It takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. Watch Proverbs chapter 20. Or let me, wait, 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 wait. To impart fresh life to. That's what, that's what to create and recreate means. To impart fresh life to. We've got to recreate a church in northeastern Ohio. We gotta recreate it. What? To impart fresh life. <laughs> There's stale wind blowing. It's gotta be fresh fire. Fresh air. There's nothing like it. I rode my motorcycle home from the church office today. Mmm, I was breathing in the fresh air. There's nothing like it. 
fresh, fresh God. And the ability to recreate and to create is to refresh and to impart life. And to form and reform means to improve by alteration or correction. I'm not afraid of correction. I'm not afraid of alteration. It's going to improve me. It's going to make me better. It's going to make me look better, operate more efficiently. You know, you can pay, get paid big money with some companies if you can come up with an idea to save that company money and become more efficient. Did you ever hear anything like that? I know guys that have gotten twenty, fifty thousand dollars came up with ideas in, in our city. It's high manufacturing, so they come up with ideas, and and they they would they would submit them. They would be approved and adapted, and they'd get a bonus check for twenty five thousand dollars because they were able to reform something. You know, leaders in the kingdom of God should always be looking at how can we do this better? How can we be more effective? How can we reach more people? How can we touch our kids on another level? And the spirit of wisdom will reveal that to us. It comes with understanding. Look at Proverbs 25 and verse 2. Proverbs 25, verse 2. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. The glory of kings... Did you know God's made you to be a king and a priest on the earth? You know what the glory of your life is? Is to find secrets out. God hit things. And he's saying, for those that have the spirit of wisdom on, they're going to find these hidden things. There are hidden things in this region that nobody's yet discovered. There are hidden things in your family, in your life, that no one has yet latched onto and had understanding for. That's why it is an adventure serving God. It's exciting serving Jesus every day. I said, Lord, what are you going to reveal to me today? God, what am I going to put my finger on that I didn't know existed before today? Wow, that changes your whole focus. It changes your whole outlook on living Life becomes joyful. It's energizing. It's exciting. Proverbs 20, I mean Psalms 104, verse 24 says, The earth is full of God's possessions. How many believe the Bible is true? Okay, that means this world is full of God's stuff. It's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. You can throw little things in the backyard and put them under the bushes and around the tree and under the mulch and you can hide them over here and over there and you let the kids loose and you know what they do? They find them. They're motivated by the treasure that's within the little plastic egg. Now let me tell you something. After it's over, you're going to see little pieces and halves of plastic eggs. But you will not find the content that was in the egg because the kids will find the egg, take the treasure and leave the shell. Won't they do it? God says, I've hidden treasures all over my earth. They're hidden all over. And it's like God's just playing with his children. He said, come on, children. Come on out. I've hidden all this stuff. I want you to find it. But it takes a spirit of wisdom to know where to look. The earth is full of his possessions. There is an incredible journey that you and I are on tonight. Look at Isaiah 45. And verse 3, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. And thus says the Lord, verse 11, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. You command me. God's saying, listen, I want you to know that there's hidden riches and secret places. This is going to be a ball. I'm so glad you're saved now. You're going to be able to play with me. We're going to go find what I've hidden. I can just see God like a happy father rejoicing over his children. And his children said, I don't want to play. Those things aren't important. I I mean, they're just treasure. I mean, I don't care. It's like, come on, play. Have fun with us. Come on, be a part. It's always sad when one of the children don't want to play. Imagine how the Father feels in heaven that we come to church and we're bored and we don't want to play. We don't want to look for His riches. We don't want to look for the treasures that are hidden. And He's saying, oh, come on, look for them. You're going to like them. They're going to be good. When you find them, they're going to change your life. Oh, come on, please, just play for a little while. 
It's like the Holy Spirit is bidding us, come, come, come. Come on, be a part of this. Come on, let's all play as a family. Let's enjoy. Let's, let's discover what the Father has hidden for us. He said, ask of me of things to come concerning my sons. I've got plans that you haven't heard yet. Ask me. Let's talk about them. I want to reveal them to you. But you can't know my plans until you get understanding. And understanding can't come until you get a spirit of wisdom. So pray that the spirit of wisdom would fall upon your life. And let the journey begin. Let the discovery begin. You see, I believe when you're connected, then you'll become directed. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 10, Paul writes this, But God hath revealed them to us through His Spirit. There it is. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Get to know what he's freely given us. If you don't know what you have, how can you enjoy it? So it's a discovery. It's a discovery of getting to know what God has planned for us and begin to anticipate that it's got to be good and not evil. That's what he said in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know that it's good. My plans for you are good. You're going to like it. It's like that prophecy we received from Eldo. In South Africa, the boy that almost died, Riata's son, gave us a prophecy. He kept saying, faith, faith, faith. I'm going through battles. We're going through struggles. We were going through trials. And he said, just keep having faith. Keep fighting the faith of faith. He said, at the end, you're going to like it. You're going to enjoy it. I said, I want to get to that part. I don't like the fight, fight, fight part. None of us like the fight part or the faith part. You have to stand in faith. You don't see anything happening. You want to get to the you're going to like it part. But how many know that joy cometh in the morning, right? Weeping may endure for a night. And if you're in a place tonight that's hard, you're in a place tonight that's difficult, that's lonely, that's dark, that's not happy, it's not, it's not joyful, hang on because joy comes in the morning. This thing's going to turn around because you've got the spirit of wisdom on you. God's going to reveal his plan in it. What the devil meant for evil, God's going to turn for good. I mean, you, you've got to understand that tomorrow's going to be a brighter day. Things are going to get a whole lot better before they get worse. See, we've got to change that around. I'm having a great day. Because God's in my day and treasures have been hidden under the mulch. All I've got to do is be willing to go look at it and go look for it. The spirit of wisdom will cause something that I think the church needs so desperately. And I've I've called it a mental revolution. We need a mental revolution. We need to start thinking different. Because our thinking is from the old life. We're living in the new life thinking from the old life. We think in God things are going to be the way it was outside of God. But that's not the case. And so we regulate our life in God by our thinking outside of God. And we think this isn't all that grand. This isn't really all that good. I mean, it's not all that they make it out to be. I wish I, wish I had some joy like they have joy. Well, see, here's the problem. You need a mental revolution. You have to change your thinking about who you are and about what God's plans are. And pray for that spirit of wisdom to fall upon your life. The spirit of wisdom will cause a mental revolution in our life. And it means a complete and radical change. You know, I have to fight this every day. You know, many of us were brought up negative and around negative people. I don't know if you have been or not, but I have been. My family always saw the glass half empty. I mean, they were always negative. Everything's going to be wrong. I mean, it's going to rain tonight. It's going to be bad. And I got to get home before dark. My mother lived under fear. She, she couldn't be out of her house after dark because she thought somebody's going to break in and steal her stuff. And she'd get up two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning and look out the window just to make sure nobody was in her yard. And, you know, she just, she just, just tormented, tormented. I grew up under that and how she was always a uh, suspect of everybody's motives. Everybody's out to get her. And, and, and people are ne- you know, just negative about everybody. And I said, oh, my Lord. And you grow up in that atmosphere, and all of a sudden you become like them. 
And you grow up and you're negative. It's not, it's not going to be good. It's not optimistic. My wife's exact opposite. She, came, she grew up in a family. It's, everything is optimistic. Ten children, ten brothers and sisters. I don't know how she survived, let alone be the extreme optimism of, that she has in her life. But she is. She, she has such goodwill towards people. I'd say, well, honey, they're, they're, you know, this is probably happening. She goes, oh, that's not probably, that, that's not in a law. They're, they're, probably, um, they're probably just uh, have a family function. I said, not a family function. They, they, they're supposed to be here. And I, and I think there's something wrong. She goes, no, there's nothing wrong. They're just at a family function. I mean, whatever it is. My wife's always thinking the good. She always thinks, I said, how do you think like that? How, how does that come just natural? You're just, like, you're just like a good person all the time. You make me sick. Get away from me. How, how do you do that? I mean, how do you, you ever been around people like this? Like, how do you live like that? And I'm raised the opposite. So I'm coming in the kingdom of God. I'm like, okay, who's out to get me? What's, you know, what, what is that all about? So I've really got to train my thinking. And some of you can understand you came to that same background. And so you're trying to operate in a spirit of wisdom with understanding and get a hold of God's plan that he's got treasures hidden for you. And you don't want to believe it. You think it is not for me. And if it is, it's not going to be any worth anything. So you'll, you'll probably have greater treasure than I will. And God probably won't have, I won't have as much stuff in my egg as you will because he probably loves you more. And I don't even think I want to play. I'm, I'm not going to look for the treasures. It's because we need a mental revolution. We're still thinking from the old life in the new system. And I've got to change my thinking. But it takes a radical encounter with the living God every day. That's part of reading the Word as we're talking about Sunday. You know, the Word is omnipotent. It's powerful. It's God in you. And it empowers your whole life. And it changes your thinking. It causes you to look at life different. Get committed. There's a little saying that I learned in ninth grade English class from Miss Muha, one of my one of my best teachers in my whole life. Miss Muha was the best English teacher. She was tough, man. She was she cracked the whip. She'd walk around with a ruler and smack your fingers and you know whatever. You had to, you got in there at class in the morning. She'd say, "Okay, class, put your homework on the on the desk." And she'd walk up and down and look at the homework. She didn't even have to collect it. She was good. She could look down there and say, "Okay, Kate, and you didn't do that right." You miss number four number six I said, how do you know i did i mean you're just looking over my shoulder but she knew she was sharp she was a, she was a disciplinarian i learned more in that class than i did any other class in, in all of my education and she used to say this good better best never let it rest so good turns to better and better turns to best that's a mental revolution if you and i can adapt that kind of thinking suddenly now we're going to find the treasures and the secret hidden things that god has put in the earth because the earth is full of the possessions of god I know everybody says, wow, the devil's down here. He's made it a dark and dreary place. Oh, man, don't even think about the devil. Do you think God's more powerful than the devil? Of course. How many believe the devil is defeated? I believe he's defeated. Walking around on two stumps, right? Amen. So believe me tonight that God has something good planned for your life. So we have to have this mental revolution about our life. That you and I are strategically placed for such a time as this. I know I'm getting a little bit too long here. But if you get committed to good, better, and best, the spirit is attracted to those that are seeking a better way. Those that are trying to make improvements. Those that are, try- those that are wanting to establish something. God is attracted to people like that. People that penetrate. People that go by faith. The spirit of God is like, oh. I just want to kiss you. Spirit of God just wants to hover on you. He just, wants to, he just wants to hold you because he's attracted to people that have a mentality that's good, better, best, never let it rest, to good turns to better and better turns to best. In other words, you're not satisfied with where you are in God. And tomorrow after you achieve more, you won't be satisfied then. And next year when you've got more treasures, you still won't be satisfied because you can't get enough of him. And the Spirit of God says, those are the kind of people that I'm attracted to. That's why churches, some churches have a stronger spirit on them than others. It's not because of the preacher. It's not because of the music or the emotionalism. It's because of the people that are in that congregation that have this mentality, this mental revolution that they can't get enough of God. I think Lisa was talking about it tonight in her song. She said, you know, I just can't get enough of God. You know, Jehovah, he's my Jireh, he's my Shalom, he's my Nisi, he's everything for me. And I just want more of him. So get committed to this attitude. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 10. I think you and I need to begin to ask God 
for this wisdom. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people. For who can judge the great, this great people of yours? This was Solomon. Solomon was so in tune with what he needed. He said, God, I need your wisdom so I know how to come in, I know how to go out, I know how to rule these people because when I've got your wisdom, I've got everything. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for honor. He asked for wisdom. And it introduced him to God's plan. It introduced him to God's plan. So you and I need to ask for wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, James said, let him ask of God who gives liberally Wow, it doesn't hold back any. He'll give it to you if you ask for it. It's one of my main prayers every day. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And I have confidence no matter what the problem is, no matter what the dilemma is, no matter what the circumstance might be. And I have knocks on my door all day long. Pastor, I need to talk for you a minute. Here's a situation about prison ministry that was proposed to me today. We've got these individuals. We're going to do this and we want to do that. And, and And all of a sudden, Wisdom just comes up, and I say, well, here, you better check this, check that, check this, and then get back to me. They go, okay, wow, that's good. All right, thank you. And that's the direction we were looking for. They close the door, and I'm thinking, God, where in the world did that come from? Hmm? And same thing like yesterday. We were in a meeting last night, and we were talking about Master's Commission, if you know what Master's Commission is, and just having people, students coming to our church, and they can, they can intern here, and we can teach them ministry, and they can stay on campus with us for nine months, and they can have Bible college, and all these kinds of things. And, and, and they were all talking about how we want to get it initiated. And I just, all of a sudden, I had a couple of questions. I just threw out a couple of questions. Da, 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 da. And they went, oh, okay, well, we better get that then. I said, well, when you get that, then let's go to the next level. And they finished the meeting. I thought, God, where'd that come from? It's a spirit of wisdom. It's a spirit of wisdom that gives you understanding about what the situation is. Which What what does it do? It reveals God's plan. We don't want man's plan in anything, do we? We don't want to get messed up with our thinking. That's why the spirit of wisdom is so important. And all you have to do is ask for it. It is part and parcel of your salvation experience. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the deacon. It's not just for a leader in the church somewhere. It's not just for an evangelist. It is for everybody who names the name of Jesus Christ, who's been washed by the precious blood of the Lamb, who's had a mental revolution. I thank God that God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. It comes on women. Oh, Lord. And it comes on men. That's even more. Oh, Lord. It comes on children. It'll come on anyone, educated or uneducated. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful to know that every one of us are a candidate for God's supernatural wisdom? Hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 10. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, I want you to know when I was born, I was not born a king. God made me into one. (laughs) And he made me into a priest. Talk a little bit about being a priest on Sunday. And our role as a priest... Our role as a priest is not one that we become a burden for other intercessors. We as a priest are supposed to take the burden of the people as intercessors. And we've reversed the role in many of the cases. But God's made us to be kings. That means that you and I rule and you and I reign. And God made us to be that king. And in Revelation, our Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 15, this is really strong. He tells us by wisdom kings reign. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. If God made us a king to rule and to reign, then Proverbs tells us the way kings rule and reign is by wisdom. So God made us to operate in a spirit of wisdom. So I didn't ask for this job. You didn't ask for that spirit. God said, I'm going to make you a king and with it comes wisdom. Because that's how kings rule and reign on the earth is with wisdom. So my prayer would be, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this morning, God, for all good things. I thank you, Lord, that you saved my soul. Wash me in the precious blood of the Lamb, and the Holy Ghost is in in my spirit. I thank you today, God, that you have made me to be a king and a priest. And according to your word in Proverbs, Father, you said that I rule and reign by wisdom. Therefore, according to James chapter 1, you said you'll give wisdom to any man who lacks it. So, Father, I come now boldly by the blood of the Lamb into the throne of grace. And I pray now that you empower this old boy with a spirit of wisdom in Jesus' name. Now, see, that's praying authoritatively with the word of God for your life. 
Folks, this is something that we've got to operate in. It's not something that maybe if you want to, it's optional. It is absolutely a necessity in this hour. If we're going to establish stuff that hasn't been established and found some things that have not been founded. I don't know about you, but I'm not happy or nor am I content to see children grow up in the church and at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, drift off and never come back. I'm not happy with that. I want to found some things. I want to change something. I want to establish some things. See, I'm not happy to see so much attrition in the church. People getting saved, and then, and then suddenly they backslide, and they fall away, and then they don't come to church. I met a guy today. He looked over at me, and I, I just introduced myself because he was down the street, and I didn't know him from anybody. I didn't think I knew him, and, and I know he didn't know me, and I was, I was just talking to be nice, and we said, okay, bye. I got to go because I was getting ready to come to church tonight, and he came back a couple minutes later. He goes, he goes Louis, Louis, go, Louis. Wait a minute, Louis. He said, Louis and, and Tina? Louis and Tina? From uh, that church, uh, church on the North Coast? I said, yeah. He goes, holy S-H-I, you know. <laughs> I said, well, okay, whatever. I can't believe it's you guys. He said, I used to play guitar for you. As he pulled the cigar down from his mouth and blew smoke near my face and just cussed, but he made it a holy curse word, so it was all right. But I'm not content for that. Don't tell me you used to. You ought to still be. I want to establish some things. I, I'm not content to see people come and go, are you? No, see, this spirit of wisdom will help us establish something that right now is not established. (laughs) And I know things happen. Mistakes happen all the time. People make poor judgments. I understand that. But I'm talking now by and large. I'm not happy to see our kids, our, our young boys and our young girls grow up in church, go to Christian school and still get pregnant before they get married. I'm not, I'm not content with that. Are you content with that? So we got to establish some things, don't we? we got to found some things. Oh, I'm not content to see people in the church that are having adulterous affairs at work and that being so predominant. I don't, I, I, we have to establish some things. There's some things that we have to found. I don't know about the church in Cleveland, and I'm getting to know a little bit more in the last 18 months or 19 months, but I know this, that, that, that it doesn't seem like there's a real strong, sustained, powerful move that is overwhelming the entire region and bring us into unity. Well, I think somebody ought to do it. I think that that ought to be established. That ought to be founded. But it comes from a spirit of wisdom, not from man. So if you and I try, we may have it for a while, but it's going to fall apart. So you see, we are challenged tonight. In church, all you got to do is pray. Use Proverbs chapter 8. Use Revelation chapter 5. Use, use James chapter 1. And go to God and say, Father, based on the authority of your word, I ask that you empower me with a spirit of wisdom. There's so much we could talk about when it comes to wisdom. But to find your place in the end time army. Find your place in the end time army. And realize that We need to learn to flow in the spirit of wisdom because it's a reigning and ruling army. And if it's a reigning and ruling army, then we have to learn how to reign, to be in the army. In order to reign, we've got to be a king. In order to be a king, you've got to operate in the spirit of wisdom, you see? So we're in the army of the Lord, but we ought to be ruling and reigning in the spirit of wisdom. We ought to know what to do. We're about like the sons of Issachar. We know, we know that discern the times, we know what to do. God, give us a word. We won't do anything until he gives it to us. Because we have confidence that he has hidden things, treasures, secrets all over the earth waiting for us to discover them. You got a few more minutes? What time is it? Okay, it's 8.17. All right. I'll try to end up at 8.30 because I think there's like a game on or something tonight. (laughs) Did I tell you Orlando's going to win Sunday? Did I tell you? I knew Orlando was going to win Sunday. You don't want my prediction tonight. Genesis 41. Does that mean you think Orlando's going to win tonight? Well. Maybe so. You rebuke that in Jesus' name. All right. Joseph, in Genesis 41, verses 39 to 41, a spirit of wisdom will rest only on one kind of heart. It's a heart of purity. So we can use the word, we can pray prayer, 
and we could hunger for wisdom, but if our heart's not pure. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all these things, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Next verse. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. But how did Joseph get there? How did Joseph get there? Did you know that Joseph got there out of Genesis 39 and 9 when he said, there is no one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me, speaking of Potiphar, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? God said, I'm going to pour my spirit of wisdom out on that boy because he's got purity. He had the rule of the house. He had the rule of the money. And he could have had the rule of the woman of the house. And nobody would have known. But he valued wisdom more, which was God's plan to save an entire nation. It was for the posterity of Israel. What plan of God have we intercepted because of our heart's condition? You know, this really provoked me as I was praying about this message this morning. I said, God, I don't ever want to defile my heart and interrupt the plan of God that's going to impact other people because I didn't operate in the spirit of wisdom. That's not a guilt trip. That's just an admonishment to recognize how serious this is. And what about Daniel? In Daniel chapter 5 and verse 11. Daniel chapter 5, verse 7. There is a man in your kingdom in who is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. They recognized the wisdom of God was in him. But how did he reach that level like Joseph? Joseph reached the level of such wisdom, ruling and reigning. And Daniel, ruling and reigning. But you go back to Daniel, chapter, I think it's 1, and verse 8. Daniel 1 and verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. I would not defile myself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I don't want to defile myself because I have a mission in my life that the spirit of wisdom is going to operate on me and I'm going to be a mouthpiece of God to the most powerful person in the earth. That's, that's powerful to me, church. It's motivation for me to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. It's motivation for me not to involve myself in sin or manipulation or conniving or, or deceitfulness in any way because I've got to operate in a spirit of wisdom. Finally, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 23. I believe, turn at my rebuke and surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words known to you. There's a revival that rests in purity. Simplicity. Pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You and I have an opportunity to have a mental revolution, but it's on or predicated on the decision for a heart of purity. And when you and I make that choice, God will pour out His Spirit of wisdom which gives us understanding to his plans and moves us into his perfect will. I'm excited about that. I said, God, that's not hard for me to do because I know that the spirit of God in me can help me. And I know that if I make this decision, you'll help me to keep this decision. I don't have to do it on my own. I don't have to get religious. I just have to get dependent upon God. Totally dependent upon God. Independent of my sin. Interdependent with my brother and dependent totally on God himself. So let's tonight take a moment. Take a moment on this Wednesday night. It's at the 20th of May, I think. About 8.30 at night. And stop and just speak to God and say, Lord, if you made me to be a king, then it is purposed in my creation to function as a rule, one who rules and reigns. 
See, that's how you and I were created. So just ask the Lord right now. Say, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, look into my heart. If there be any ways of wickedness in my heart, any ways of deceit, Lord, look into my mind. Am I living in this new life with old thinking? Do I need a mental revolution? Do I need to be able to start thinking your word? God, I pray tonight that you would speak, O Lord, by your spirit and minister to every person in this room. So much is at stake, God. So much is at stake. We're not ready to accept status quo. We're not ready to sit back in defeat and say, well, it's too big. It's too hard. It's too difficult. We believe tonight, God, that we are change agents that we've been planted strategically right where we are. Lord, it's no mistake we're in this room together tonight. It's no mistake that we've come together to form a, a body of believers, a community of faith here in this region. And so, God, we just want your plans revealed. We're hungry for that, Lord. We started the service out tonight as Sister Rita prayed. Lord, we're hungry. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Let's just go to that kind of a prayer time right now. Let's stand up to our feet. Let's begin to ask the Lord right now to reveal his will, that his will would be done in our lives, that his will and purpose would be accomplished through us as a body, as a community of faith. Man, I just, I'm just energized by that tonight. I just feel that tonight. I feel like we, are, I feel like we have been just appointed, handpicked by God. I look out at every one of your faces. I say, God, you have been handpicked some people, beautiful people. You've just... Put your hands on them, God, and you've just called them, set them specifically for this time. Are you ready to receive that call and that commission from God? Come on, right now, just lift their hands up before the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Just open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Sing it again. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Sing one more time. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Oh, yes. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Tonight, I'm just going to offer everybody, anybody in this room that would like prayer. I want to call for the elders to come and lay hands on you. I want to pray for you as well. That the spirit of wisdom will overtake your life in a new dimension. A mental revolution will begin to take place. And a purity of heart will overtake you your whole life. So if you like that prayer, I'm just going to have you move just up to the front here. We don't have a lot of room, but we'll, we'll make the room. Just come on up. I believe this is an important time to just say amen. You know, a lot of times what I believe an altar call is, it's just the amen to what you're hearing. It's saying, God, I believe it. I want it. I want to receive it. I want to operate in it. And I say yes to your holy word. Amen. Lift your hands up and sing it one more time. Go ahead. My heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open, Lord, open the eyes of my heart.
treasures from heaven, Lord, we want to see. Spirit of wisdom, come and fill us. Help us, Lord, to reign supreme. Oh, recreate us for your service, Jesus. You are, you are, Lord. incidents, mishaps in any way. Let the angels of the Lord go before us and make our path straight. We thank you today, Lord, that our life is in comfort with the Holy Spirit. We thank you tonight, Father, that we walk out of here tonight with an agenda that is a mental revolution and a heart of purity that we might operate in a spirit of wisdom 
that gains understanding and being revealed, oh God, the plan that you have for this region and our lives. So, Father, tonight we make a covenant with you to operate in the Spirit. And, Father, it was in Jesus, and so it ought to be in us. And so we're ready to receive it tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that your hand is upon our lives. Now give sweet rest and peace, especially to those that have been weary, those that work hard during the day and extra time, overtime, and their bodies are weary, their hearts are heavy about situations that are happening. I pray, God, that you lift their heart. And God, the supernatural touch from heaven would come into their bodies physically. There would be no sick among us, no feeble, no weak. No stragglers, oh God, but only those that are strong. They would be lifted up, God, because of your presence and your power. Now, Lord Jesus, we thank you that there's no premature deaths among us, but that we live out our days according to your plan and purpose on the earth. We thank you, Lord, that the devil's plans are defeated, canceled, because of the blood of the Lamb that is against him. We walk in covenant tonight, and we live with victory. And God, we have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen and amen and amen. Live right, love everybody. Pray hard. See you Sunday morning.